for the past several weeks, everybody knows we've been talking about uh, the culture of community that we desire to see here at uh, Celebration Life. And uh, once again, uh, the word culture uh, simply means the way a group of people do life together. Now, uh, let me kind of set this up, I guess, before we get rolling today. Uh, obviously, that doesn't mean that there's not a culture of community here, because I think there is. I, I think God's just in, inviting us to a deeper level of that. Amen? Amen. Does anybody agree with that? So, uh, you know, to kind of give you a little, I guess, a background real quick. When, when I realized in 2003, I think I was uh, 23 years old at the time, that, that God had called me to be a senior pastor. Obviously, I wasn't in a hurry. Um, you know, but I knew it would happen one day. And then about, uh, you know, a lot of you guys have heard this uh, as we went through the process up here. Um, but about three years ago when the Lord said, okay, prepare, now's the time. Uh, this is an area that, that the Lord really began to uh, drill in my heart. That, that, in other words, that there was a desire, a dream from him, if you will, uh, to have a church, to be able to lead a church of people that really embrace community and doing life together. And, uh, and so, you know, I feel like we have a promise from the Lord. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how thankful I am uh, that, you know, obviously we, we left a church in North Carolina that we were there for a long time. And, uh, but when we came here, uh, I was really encouraged by the people who were really open and, uh, and desiring community. And, uh, and so I'm really excited about what the Lord is not only doing, but what he's going to do as we continue to step and move forward uh, in that direction. Amen. So let's pray really quick. Remember uh, community or culture of community real quick. Let's just pray into this and we'll get going. So, Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. God, we know it's alive and powerful. Lord, it's sharpened the two-edged sword. And, Father, we thank you uh, today, God, that we are just open to your word. Lord, you said man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. And so, Lord, today, God, we open up our hearts wide, God, to receive from you today. And so, Lord, as we talk about uh, culture of community as this is the uh, the last week necessarily we're going to design a sermon around that father we pray that you begin to solidify things in our own hearts and uh, god that you begin to point us in the direction that we need to run in jesus name amen amen well i want to start off today by uh simply asking a question uh how do we know how do we know that when we are a part of community, how do we know that, uh, that we are doing life together with a group of people? Um, just kind of reiterate some things I talked about last week. But how do we know? I personally believe that we know that we're in community uh, when we can say beyond a shadow of a doubt that we belong, that we are accepted, that we are valued, and that we are cared for. Amen? So when we can confidently say yes to those things, that we belong, that we're accepted, we're valued, that we care for, we can say yes to every one of those areas. We have successfully uh, transitioned. We have successfully uh, moved out of the uncertainty of just superficial relationships to a, a God-centered, uh, I say rewarding relationships. Amen? So, uh, you know, I think today, you know, even... Even as we've been talking about this, I think there's people that have been uh, looking at their own hearts going, God, do I have that? Some people have come and said stuff, you know, do I have it? Do I not have that? And so, you know, it kind of offers us the, the next question. So how do we know when we're in it? But at the same time, how do we know uh, when we can't say yes to those things? We can't say, yes, I belong. When we can't say in a confident way, I'm valued, I'm cared for, uh, that I'm accepted. What do we do when we find ourselves in that situation? Because I think most of us have been there before. Amen? 
So what do we do? I, I think, uh, you know, it's really easy at those times uh, to let discouragement overwhelm us. And I think it's really easy when we find ourselves not saying yes to those things uh, that we can get negative towards the idea of community. And it's really easy to just want to, you know, throw in the towel and, uh, you know, say forget it. It can't happen. And, and unfortunately, look, I... I was in youth ministry a long time, but I found out it's not just with youth, but adults do it too. When they, when they uh, open their hearts up to that, that negative oppression and the enemy comes to just hammer them in that, it's real easy for them to give themselves permission uh, to basically go hide in the corner and isolate themselves. And I want you to know today that that's not the will of God for our lives, to isolate ourselves, because you can still be in a crowd and be lonely, right? So that is not the will of God. So here's kind of what I want to... Um, Maybe offer to you or maybe ask you to consider today before you let those things, those thoughts take root in your heart, because we're all in different situations. We all have different makeup, different personalities. Uh, some of us are very open to that, to going and, and uh, you know, getting out of, say, our comfort zone to go and chit-chatting with people. And some of us aren't. But before we, uh, you know, allow ourselves to find ourselves in a negative spot, I just want to ask you to consider uh, what would happen if you decided to become the catalyst for change that we desire to see. In other words, if you would take, and you're, so for a second, let's not worry about everybody in the room. Let's, let's talk to you. And if you can imagine if it was just you and I just sitting down talking, uh, I, you know, I want you to begin to think if you would be willing to take the responsibility, become that catalyst, that pioneer, the one that's willing to lead the way for the change that we so desire. Because uh, unfortunately, it's human nature. A lot of times we wait for other people. Amen? Is that true? So, you know, it's a whole lot easier to run with a crowd than it is to go against the grain. But a lot of times, if you're going to be leaders in the kingdom, you've got to be willing to go against the grain. And so today, as we're thinking about becoming a catalyst, just for a moment, it's not really what we're talking about. It's just a few thoughts I want to throw at you uh, here in the beginning. But but as you are doing that, can I ask you to consider how rewarding it would be uh, when you decide to love people well? How rewarding will it be for you when you decide to let God's love come through you? You know, I love, the, I love the fact that the Bible tells us in Romans that the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. So God has already poured the unconditional love in us. Can you imagine, once again, how rewarding it will be when we pour that out on others? Amen. Because that's what he's wanting us to do. Uh, can you consider how rewarding it would be when you begin to honor people for the treasure that they are, even if they don't realize they're that? that, that is, that's, when the, that's one of the... Uh, Unique challenges in Christianity is when you begin to love people beyond the situation that they find themselves in. When you love them beyond their mess. Because everybody's got a mess, right? Yes? So how rewarding will it be when, when you can, um, you know, basically this, that you give people uh, the permission to be honest with you. And what I mean by that is when, when people come and, and you give them permission to be honest, it's this, because you have been honest uh, to the point that now they feel a freedom to do that. So they can come without, without a show, without an agenda, without a mask. Uh, you, you know, that old saying, they can come warts and all, and they know that they can just be honest. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a place of freedom right there, isn't it? Yes? L- listen, l- to, to kind of if you can, we, certainly we all have a friend somewhere in this world uh, that really knows our junk and knows who we are, and they choose to love us anyways. Right? That's the kind I'm talking about. That's when you really know that you found that you found a, a deep relationship with a person, and not just someone that uh, loves you for what they can get from you. Amen. So, can you once again, as you become the catalyst, can you can you think about how rewarding it will be when you uh, 
when you let people know to a point of your lifestyle that you're trustworthy, that they can come and they can trust you with their story. Watch this. That they can trust you with their victories. That they can trust you with their struggles, their failures. Are, are you all following me? They can trust you with their future. They, ultimately, they can trust you with their heart. That's the kind of community we're talking about. Because, you know, I personally found out in the church, um, you know, the Bible tells us, we, we talked about last week, but rejoicing with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. A lot of times in the kingdom, we don't like to rejoice with those who rejoice. Because somebody gets a victory and what happens to us, we wonder why we don't have that victory. And so we get mad. Right? Y'all are quiet today. Is that true? We get mad. It's like, you know, you know I've, I've heard people talk about plenty. You know, well, why doesn't God do that for me? Well, that's not really the point at that moment. You need to rejoice with that person because guess what? They've been, they've been longing for that breakthrough for 20 years. You know, and they finally got victory, so let's celebrate. And then the other side is obviously when people mourn that, uh, you, you know, a prayer of mine. God, give me the compassion of Jesus. What, what breaks your heart, let it break my heart. So in essence, when, when people's hearts are broken, I want my heart to be broken because we love them. Amen? So in essence, here's what I'm saying. When we do it God's way, we're going to, we are going to get God's results. Really simple. It's a really simple principle. When we do it God's way, we get God's results. And, uh, you know, I remember, uh, I remember, I'm saying it like it's a long time ago. Yesterday, uh, Pastor Brian and I, we, we, we were driving down the road, and I asked him, a mutual person that doesn't go to church here, I said, hey, how are they doing? And he said, well, you know, and he kind of did this thing, kind of up and down, you know. And I just said that because it was been on my mind. I said, isn't it funny how when we do it God's way, we'll get God's results? And, and so, you know, you can think about that today in every area of your life. If it's in marriage or if it's with your friends or whatever it is, your own personal walk, when you do it God's way, you get God's results. Amen? And if you obviously don't do it God's way, guess what? You're going to get what you're really sowing, right? So, anyway, so let me share two verses with you, and then we'll kind of get going with what we're going to talk about today. But, uh, you know, several times since I've been here, I've quoted uh, Matthew 6.33. Remember, it says, Seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Okay? So seek first his kingdom. What's his kingdom? It's his way of doing things. So as we do things God's way, once again, we get God's results. Let me show you another verse. And uh, you, you don't have this, Mark, but let me just read this to you guys. It's in Galatians 6. I'm going to read verse 8 through 10. So think about this concept with this scripture. It says, For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Some good motivation to sow in the Spirit, isn't it? Corruption or life. We'll take life, right? Verse 9, it says, And let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Verse 10, now watch this. It says, Therefore. I think a lot of times we, we, really, we really give this scripture kind of out of context. But, but notice it says, Therefore. So it's about to tell you why it said, about sowing to the flesh or sowing to the spirit. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of what? The household of faith. That's pretty good, huh? So it's talking about basically in the community that God puts you in that you need to sow things of the spirit. And if you sow things to the spirit, guess what? You'll reap the rewards of it. Because once again, if you do it God's way, you get God's results. Amen? Now, notice verse 9 there really quick. It says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. Listen, let me help you out here really quick this morning. Um, Community is probably one of the most difficult things to do in church. Is it all right to tell you all that today? 
How am I looking? <laughs> it's easy to come and hear a song and sing a song, hear a sermon. It, all that's easy. It's easy to walk through the door, greet somebody. You know, how you doing, brother? Blessed and highly favored. Yeah, all that's easy. It's easy and it's cheesy, right? So um, it's something a whole lot different when you begin to love someone like we we're talking about and you love them well and they don't respond to you. Or you begin to honor them and because they are in such uh, a place where they don't think that they're honorable, then they really, you know, they don't respond. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for, you know. You know, it's a, it's a whole lot, you know, different story when you go and you begin to uh, really try to build a relationship with someone and they just don't trust you. And that moment, can you keep pressing through it? Because, listen, there's one thing I, I know about community it, is it is a very, very, very difficult thing. But once you get the ball rolling, it becomes very rewarding. And so, you know, I don't want us to think the, uh, you know, just to think that, uh, you know, if we do a little few little things here, throw a little, you know, a little extra salt in the thing, it's just going to get so much better. It's not. It's going to, it's going to cause, uh, once again, work and, and uh, responsibility on our side. But once again, I love what this scripture says. It says, if you don't grow weary in that, in due time, in other words, it's a promise, in due time, you will, you will, you will reap a harvest. Amen? Amen? That was a great place to say amen. 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 All right. There you go. <laughs> so, bottom line, if we sow efforts of community, we will ultimately reap the benefits of community. And that's really what I want to talk about today, is that, when, once again, when we do life God's way, uh, we open the door for God's rewards, God's blessings, uh, God's results to fill our lives and those around us. So, real quick, two weeks ago we talked about, this is, the sermon's beginning now. Two weeks ago... Um, <laughs> Two weeks ago, we talked about Luke chapter 5. Remember, we, uh, we saw in Luke chapter 5 that, that Peter had been fishing all night. He hadn't caught anything. Uh, remember, Peter was wore out. And even though he was wore out, Jesus shows up and says, Hey, can you launch, out, uh, launch back out into the deep? And he says, That's your word. And he goes and he uh, obviously throws the net. And what happened? Uh, he didn't pull it in because he came in obedience. He didn't pull the net in and have it empty. He pulled it in and it was full. And uh, the Bible tells us that it was so full that it was almost breaking. So what did he do? Remember, he called for his partners. He signaled for them or signaled for his koinonia, his community, and they began to come help him. Okay, so let's look at verse uh, seven here. And I want to show you today's point. When you do it God's way, you get God's results. So Luke five, verse seven, you're going to see the benefits community here. It says, so they signaled to their partners, their community and the other boat to come and help them. And they and they that's the community and they came and filled. What's that next word? Come on, say it like you mean it. What's the next word? Both. They filled both the boats so that they began to sink. So I want you to notice that Peter's boat wasn't the only boat that got full that day. Amen? So both Peter and his partners, the members of his community, benefited from the catch. So the point that I want to make, I want to, make to you this morning, as you make a commitment to join yourself to the community, as you take your rightful place in the family of God, you open yourself up to be blessed by the kingdom, to be blessed by God. And I don't know anybody in this room that doesn't want the blessings of God on their life. Amen? I don't know about you, but I certainly do. Uh, so today I'm going to talk to you, and we'll... we'll um, I'm going to give you nine things really quick that are the benefits of community. And I've got to admit to you really fast, uh, this is a lot more than what I'm used to 
uh, what I prefer to give. So we're going to cruise for them and not go super in-depth with all of them. We're going to kind of brush past some of them. And, uh, but these nine things that certainly not... Uh, you know, an exhaustive list. You, you know, you, you may sit here today and go, well, what about this? Well, yes, that too. Uh, we just have a limited amount of time, okay? And also, these things aren't in order. And the reason, you know, originally I thought about putting the, some kind of order to these nine things. And then I thought, you know, that's impossible because the truth is they're all just happening at the same time, okay? So I kind of set up for you details, people. All right? That would be me. <laughs> I'm saying it for myself, all right? All right, here we go. All right, so... Basically, that we're going to see this morning as we do life together, there's some rewards or benefits that we personally receive into our lives. And, and so the first one is this. Uh, it is wisdom. Wisdom comes through community. Wisdom comes through community. Proverbs 13.20 says this. It says, he who walks with wise men, he who walks with community, if you give me a little bit of freedom there, will be wise. So it's basically... Here at this point, when we look at that kind of verse, that you and I hopefully realize that as individuals, we are very limited. Does anybody know that, you, that you're not perfect? You don't have it all together, right? You don't, so when we realize that we are limited, uh, we, we realize that if we're going to be great husbands, how many of you guys want to be great husbands? I'm glad no ladies raised their hand. How many of you guys want to be great wives? Some of y'all. Some of y'all are just like, I'm not sure. All right. So anyway, so how many of you guys want to be great parents? I do. I'm, you know, I got four little ones. I'm Jesus. Help me. Okay, help me. So, how many of you guys want to be great friends, or great leaders, or great business owners, or great employees? The list kind of goes on and on. But the bottom line is this: is in the kingdom, we've been called to excellence. We've been called to an extraordinary spirit. We've been called to do things in in a way that's above and beyond those who are in the world. Amen. Because we have the spirit of God that lives inside of us. So, if you and I are going to do those things at a great level, uh, then we are going to need the wisdom of those that are around us. Amen. Listen, it's, it's at this point that we realize that God did not pee, uh, put the people around me uh, that are around me for no reason. One thing that I've learned in the, in the uh, years that I've had in the kingdom is this, is that God is very intentional. That things don't happen by accident, that relationships are molded, that people surround you, that God puts you in a church. All those things, he does it for a specific purpose of what he wants to do in your life. And some of those people, unfortunately, are not just there to encourage you. Amen? Because why? Because they're called to make you better. And a lot of times we don't get better unless it gets bumpy and ugly and messy for a moment. But it's, 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 it's true Christian character that can see the wisdom that's there and can press through all of that and not just get offended and run. Amen? It's a great place to say amen. Amen. Well, all right, here we go. So listen to James 1.5. Okay, I'm just going to give you an example. Uh, it says this, and we've all, we've all read this, and we've all, probably have all prayed it. But it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, and we, we understand we all do, right? If any of us lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives it to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. I understand in the context of this passage, the bottom line, I have personally have been there, and I say, God, I desperately need your wisdom in this situation. And then somehow through prayer, we all believe God speaks, that God spoke to me and gave me the wisdom that I needed for that situation. He opened my heart up, and I received something. But for example's sake, let, let's, let's go another route. How many of you guys have ever uh, been in a situation, you found yourself in a tough spot, and you said to God, God, I really need to know wisdom. I really need to know your wisdom, your heart, uh, your will for this situation. Raise, raise your hand if you've been there. Amen. 
All right, so at the same time, from your own personal experience, how many of you guys, that, that, that wisdom, that answer that you needed, ultimately came from another brother or sister in Christ, someone that was around you, that that wisdom came, okay? That right there shows you that this verse, okay, that that scriptural truth came to pass through community. So the bottom line, what we said there in Proverbs, that he who walks with wise men will be wise. It's a good, good verse, huh? So watch this. For this kingdom principle that's found, uh, for us to benefit from this kingdom principle, I want to show you something. I, and I actually mentioned it briefly last week, but I'm going to sit on this for just one second. It says in Matthew 10:41, it's this. In other words, for this to happen, for us to receive wisdom from people, it says this in verse 41, Matthew 10. It says, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. Somebody say reward. It says, and he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's what? Reward. All right? So basically what it is is if we receive a prophet, if we receive a righteous man, it basically what that means there is we welcome who they are. It's who they are. It's what they bring to the table. We welcome them. Now listen, it's real easy for all of us to sit back and go, you know, I'm not a prophet. I may have a prophetic gift, whatever. I'm not fivefold, uh, whatever, prophet. Okay? But when it comes to the righteous man, I love that Jesus put that in there. Because the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says that he who knew no sin became sin, that we might become, we might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So if you're born again in this place, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, that, so from that verse, it tells me that every person that's born again, I need to welcome them. I need to receive them for who they are. Amen? So... The, and the essence of what it's saying is, is this, is that as we honor people as the gift they are, we receive from the gifts that God has placed in them. And Jesus called that receiving a what? A reward. That's the benefit of community. Amen? Are you all following me today? Amen. Number two. Number two. And we've got to step on the gas pedal here. Number two is safety comes through community. Safety comes through community. Proverbs 11:14 says this, where there is no counsel, the people fail or people fall, excuse me. It says, but in the multitude of counselors, so once again, in the multitude, or, or can we say this, in community, there is safety. Check out this verse in Ecclesiastes. It puts it this way, verse 4, I mean, chapter 4, verse 9, 10. It says this, it says, two are better than one. If you're married, that was a great place to say, yes, sir. All right. If you was a man, you better said yes, sir. All right? Yes. All right. So two are better than one because they have a good what? They have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, it says one will lift up his companion. But watch this. It says, but woe to him who is alone. What's that next word? When. Notice it didn't say if. It says, but woe to him who is alone. Not woe to him who falls, but woe to him who is alone when he falls. For he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one be warm alone? That's a pretty powerful verse, isn't it? It's a great verse. Bottom line is this. Once again, it goes back to how we were created. God God did not create us to be alone. He created us to be together. He created us as as a family. So, uh, but here's the here's the here's the catch on this one. Okay, watch this, because we've been, we've been in ministry a while, and here's what I've seen from this. Okay, so there's safety in community. There's safety in counsel. Uh, really how that works is this, is we've got to listen. We've got to listen and we've got to value people. We've got to value the people that God's put in our lives. Why? Because they can protect us from the traps and from the potential downfalls in life. 
Amen? But, but listen, for that to work, it takes the key thing in the kingdom. It's called this. It's called humility. And we've all been there before. God knows I have. When, uh, when I have found myself in a situation and, and I have uh, thought I knew what to do. And the bottom line is my ego got in the way and I fell flat on my face. Are you with me? Anybody ever been there before? So watch this. So let me kind of give you uh, maybe an example of these two. So, so wisdom and safety. You know, when, when I came and I uh, interviewed for this job, uh, you know, I was re- very clear with the leadership of this team, uh, of this church, leadership of this church. Hey, here's what I feel like I'm really good at. Here's what God's gifted me at. But here's the things that, you know what, I'm not really good at. I don't have a whole lot of experience in that. And, and I love their response. Their response was this. That's fine. We need a pastor. You do what a pastor does and we'll help you with the rest. That was community in action from day one. And so, you know, uh, the bottom line is, is even this. I said, uh, I remember talking to my uncle. My uncle is a, uh, he's an accountant by trade. And he does some other things. He's been doing it for, man, probably man, 30 years, something like that. And, and, and he was unsaved at the time, wasn't a believer. And I said, I said, Uncle Phil, here's what I'm concerned about when I step out, transition from youth ministry, from this big old machine where, where we've got all this help and all these things to go into a church. I'm really worried about the finance part. And, and I love how God works when your heart so longs for community, how he'll put you in a place uh, with people who will help you with that. So here I am. I walk into a situation, and we have an awesome lady like Rachel who does all of that. I don't even have to worry about it. You know, got, we have Bill who does all that. Then you take Ben and Brian and, and Bill and all these guys, they, they, Carmel, all these guys are great at something. And what I love is, is that we can come in a room and we can honor each other and we can listen to one another. And, uh, and we ultimately do that. We protect not only ourselves, but we protect the church. We protect the body because we're willing to listen to each other. Am I making sense to you guys? Yes? But that's the community that God desires. It's a community in action. So the third one is this. First one was wisdom. Second one was what? Safety. Good. My mind went blank. Third one is this is uh, strength comes through community. Strength comes through community. Ecclesiastes 4.12 is the next verse from what we just read. It says, Though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand him. And a three-folded cord is not quickly broken. Amen? You you know, bottom line is this. If you get anything out of that, that scripture, I realize we can fight alone, but we're so much better when we fight with other people. I don't mean fight with them. I mean fight against the enemy. We're good when we fight Yes, alongside. That's right. Listen, what the Bible tells us? It says one can chase a thousand, but two can what? Set ten thousand to flight. Ten thousand. So imagine when all of us get in agreement and unity and we actually start pushing against the kingdom of darkness in this area, what can happen? Strength comes through community. It's not just, you, you know, I think for so long in this region, if I can just step out and say something, whatever, maybe I'm wrong. But so long in this region, the enemy has come and he's divided so many people. And there's a little group here and there's a little group there. And there's a little, but God's desiring to bring the group together as a whole in one, in one thing. I'm telling you, there, there's such a, uh, this, this spirit of division that rests in this region. And, uh, you know, God desires to bring unity. And when we bring unity together, we can become a whole lot more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. I don't know about you, but I don't like the kingdom of darkness kicking our butt. Amen? We, we have victory, right? Amen. So the fourth one is this, is love and good works come through community. Love and good works come through community. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25 says this. It says, and let us consider one another in order to stir up 
love and good works. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves. Not forsaking the what? The community. And, and that goes back to what I just talked about. There's so many people in this area that are forsaking community. Right? Yes? Y'all live here. It says, so not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another. You can almost also say that there's encouragement that comes to community. It says, and so much more as you see the day approaching. So bottom line is this, as this thing begins to wrap up, and I think many of us believe that we're in the last days and we're really, you know, the days are getting shorter and shorter and shorter, obviously, uh, that we are going to need each other all the more. You know, it's, it's kind of interesting to me. If you really look nationwide, okay, i got friends that pastor all across the nation in different roles. They have ministry. And, and there's a common theme that's happening in young people. There's a common theme, that, theme that's happening in basically the college and career age. Those people are longing for community uh, probably more than I've ever seen in the last 20 years. There's something that's stirring inside of them that they really want it. And, uh, you, you know, and I think, you know, everybody always says, uh, you know, revival comes to young people. I don't think it necessarily has to happen that way. But I think they're on to something. The bottom line is God is wanting us to get in unity. He's wanting us to get together. And uh, because what happens when you do that is it begins to spur one another on towards love and good works. In other words, you can't get around a group of people that are passionate about worship without doing what? Worshiping. You can't get around a group of people that are passionate about prayer without doing what? Without praying your guts out. You you know, that's what I I think probably in the last, uh, you know, what I've been doing ministry, I guess maybe 18 years or something like that. And there was a short season when we, where I, I got to lead uh, in, in North Carolina a school of ministry. And, and here's what happened, if I can just kind of give you an example. There was probably, I don't know, maybe 15 kids, maybe close to 20, something like that in there. I don't know. Mike was a part of that. Um, but, but those guys began to pray together. They began to worship together. They would go to somebody's house, and they would spend three hours worshiping God. Four hours, maybe sometimes more than that. I mean, you just kind of keep going. They pray for one another. And what happened was is, is that was all happening with them. And, and what happens, they begin to spur one another on to become more like Jesus, loving good works. And then they brought that to the youth ministry that I also led. And just by the younger people watching those guys, men it set the place on fire. You with me? I remember the day where, where uh, I talked to Noah's sister. She said, I was sitting in the house, and, uh, and I don't even know if he knows that I know this. And she said, I was so proud of him because I sit there and I listen to him for three hours, pray and call out to God. You, you with me? But what happened was is that group affected him and many others that were there, and it began to trickle down. So what happens is if you and I, uh, once again, we, we quit isolating ourselves, but we get passionate about him, then we'll begin to spur one another on. Are, are you all following me? Yes? Number five, really simple. Presence comes through community. Presence. Talking about God's presence, not Christmas presence. From Alabama, I, gotta, I struggle with that word. Presence comes through community. Matthew 18, 19, 20 says this. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, once again, there's the spiritual authority that comes with that again, strength through community, says it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. Verse 20 says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, what's that promise? I am there in the midst of them. That's why corporate prayer, once again, I'm not trying to beat a dead horse, but that's why the corporate prayer and corporate worship are so absolutely powerful in our lives. You you know, if if we can get, um, you know, not to be hooky, not to be weird, but the bottom line is, is that when you and I, we come together as a group in this church and we begin to worship him freely and openly, Right? 
And in other words, you know, there's days, we, we've all been in church where, where worship didn't sound the greatest that day. Right? But, you know, listen, like I said a few weeks ago, it's so not about that. It's about Him. And so when we can get beyond ourselves and beyond that stuff and we can just worship Him and love Him, we are absolutely releasing an anointing and a presence in a region. Guess what? That it literally begins to affect the kingdom of darkness. Yes? That's why it's so important that when we begin to pray and we begin to press in, like, like we have a prayer here at 8 o'clock in the morning. They meet in my office. Um, you know, this kind of an ebb and flow group. But can you imagine if we all showed up and just prayed? You know, even in the simple thing of God give us the loss as our inheritance. And we begin to pray with that strength and with that, uh, you know, that basically the, the authority that God's given us. Guess what? The Spirit of God's going to draw people to this place. They're going to hear the gospel. They're going to get saved. Amen? You, you know, let me, let me say it to you this way. Um, when we were in this process before we ever moved here, there was something that, and the, and the, and the leadership team knows this, but I've never said this to you guys. Uh, there was something that the Lord said to us. Um, that was really clear. And he said this. He said, you mustn't think too small or you will hinder what I want to do. You mustn't think too small or you will hinder what I want to do. So, you know, it, that's why it's so important for us. It's easy to get comfortable of the way things look, comfortable in our surroundings. But we've got to think bigger than that because I don't know about you, but I don't want to get in the way of God. Amen? So I, I want to dream and I want to, I, I want to go, God, what do you want to do in this region? And let's go for broke. You know, let's go all in. Let's go for it. And, uh, and ultimately, the Bible says that he will do exceedingly above all that we could ever hope or imagine. So if we can dream big things, imagine what he'll do. Amen? Number six is this, and we're getting close to landing this thing. Number six is this. As God anoints, somebody say anoints. God anoints in community. Psalms 133, 1 through 3, it says this. Behold how good and how pleasant it is. For brethren to dwell together in unity. How good is it for, for the brethren or the sistren uh-huh. yeah. to dwell together in community? Okay, this is the Word of God. I'm just trying to give you some practical things. I know this is a lot, but just some practical things with Word that backs it up. Because if we can't back it up with the Word, we need to go home, right? So verse 2 says, it says, It is like the precious oil, that's the anointing, upon the head running down on the beard, the beard of Aaron running down the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon descending upon the mountains of Zion. For there, where's there? For in community, the Lord commanded the blessing life forevermore is the anointing. So bottom line is you lock into community. Guess what? The anointing increases on your life. So simple. Number seven is this. I told you guys this was a little bit more of what I like giving, but hopefully you guys are okay with it. Number seven is this, is ministry is birthed out of community. You know, and I, I was really kind of going, do I want to say this today, but I'll go ahead and step out there. If, if there's a ministry out there that's not founded through community, it's probably not the, a good thing. Amen? That every ministry that's out there should be locked in to a community in some way, because once again, that's where the God commands His blessing. Amen. There, there's a thing that, that we won't go into it today, but there's a thing called a covering uh, that's very important in the kingdom. That's why for us, even when we went through this process as a church, it was really important to us that as Celebration Life Church, even though we are a, uh, you know, a, uh, a church that's in, not in a denomination, it was really important to us that we had a covering. And, uh, because that's a kingdom principle, because we want the blessings of God. 
And, uh, you know, and that's where uh, certain men have stepped in. And, and I think God's going to bring clarity in that as we go. But you guys have seen Pastor Al. You've seen Pastor Mark. You've seen those guys that they bring a spiritual covering for us so we're not just kind of out there on our own, okay? So watch this. And, and, and even let me say this. Um, when I read this, for, I'll tell you what, let me read this verse and then I'll say what happened. In Acts 15:22, it says this. Ministry is birthed out of community. It says, Then it pleased the apostles and elders. That's leadership in the church, right? It says, with the whole church, so it's, it pleased everybody, to send chosen men of their own company, to send chosen men of their community to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also for Sabbath and Silas. Watch this, leading men among the brethren. Here's what happens when we talk about ministry starting out a community. It's, it's the leadership there has watched individuals' lives, and, and they basically bear witness that they love Jesus uh, that their house is in order, however you want to say it. There's, thing, there's kingdom things that are there. And then also that they've been given an opportunity to lead a ministry in that community, and there's been fruit that's come from that. It's when fruit comes from that, they say, you know what? It's clear that the anointing and the calling of God is on your life. Now we're going to send you out to go do a work. Everybody with me on that? If you don't know this or not, that's how this church started. Right? So what was it, 12 years ago, Pastor Brian and Leah were obviously at our church in North Carolina. And at that time, I think he was over 13 different ministries. My boy was working hard. Okay? He was working really hard. 13 ministries. They hired a whole slew of people to do what he was doing. Uh, you know, for one guy, I think they hired, like, I don't know, like three or four people. Okay? So my boy was carrying the load. So, but at that time, he went to Pastor Al and said, God put this in our heart. Once again, he was a leading man in the midst of the congregation. The anointing, the call of God was on his life. He had been tested by giving ministry opportunities. Fruit was coming out of those things like crazy because actually all the people that they hired were leaders underneath him. That they came from just a volunteer ranks to them being on staff. But that's how this church started. He was sent out and, and basically the church was planted. Amen. So, so today, if we know it or not, we are uh, basically getting to um, we're getting to participate in that uh, benefit of community today. Amen. All right. Number eight. Now, these last two are really important. Okay. Everybody, elbow your neighbor and tell them to wake up. Guess I'm being super boring today. <laughs> hanging in there. Hanging in there. Hanging in there. Hey, hey. I bet when the Patriots are playing today, you will be awake. All right, here we go. One o'clock. So we better hurry is what you're saying, right? One o'clock. See, that's why I have DVR. I got it recording. All right, here we go. So, all right, so number eight, and we're almost done. Thanks for hanging in there with me, guys. Number eight, accountability comes through community. Accountability comes through community. This is so key. Almost if, if you can hear anything, hear the last two today, okay? Maybe I should have started with them. All right, here we go. Number eight, accountability comes to community. I just really, real quick want to tell you why it's important. Look at Daniel chapter 6. I want you to understand not just the, the act of it, but the heart behind it. In Daniel 6, it says this, that it pleased Darius. We know he's a king. And I guess just kind of go ahead and set this up for you. Most of the time when I read the Bible, because obviously kings are under the, the king's authority, right? So there, there's principles that operate in heaven that they come to earth and they've operated as kings basically in the natural and in this land. Now, obviously, some kings, you, they didn't do a good job at that, but certain kings did. So watch this today. So we're going to read it from a kingdom perspective and not just the natural. So it says, It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. And it says, uh, basically, just leaders. 
to be over the whole kingdom. So there's 120 people. And it says, and over these three governors. So if your mind, if you can break it down, that three guys, and we'll see that Daniel was one of them, that each one of them had 40 men or women underneath them that were leaders. Are you following me? So it says, it says basically, and over these, and over those 120 people, three governors, of whom Daniel was one. Why? Here's the purpose. That the satraps may give account. What's the root word of accountability? It is account. That they may give account. That they must give accountability for their actions. And then it says this. Uh, may have account to thee. Why? So the king would suffer no loss. So here's the heart behind accountability. Why do we need accountability in body, one from another, and also with leadership? Ultimately, it's so that the king, not Darius, but the king of kings, Jesus, so his kingdom would not suffer loss. Bottom line. When people, when people uh, you know, I can tell you, maybe, maybe I'm, whatever, maybe I'm saying some wrong things today, but the bottom line, when there's people that have been in leadership over the last, whatever, 30 years in the kingdom, okay, I'm talking about leaders, Every one of those guys that have fallen flat on their face and done great harm to the kingdom is because they got out of accountability. They rose to such a place that they thought that they were there to basically to give to everyone else and nobody else could, could, could question them. No one else could ask them what their motive was. No one could ask them what their agenda was. It was when they got there, when they thought that no one, uh, that no one was better than them, that's when they fell flat on their face. Are you with me? And, and, and here's, you have to understand how the, how the kingdom of darkness works. He didn't, he didn't cause those guys to fall. Some of them struggled with the same things, you know, 40 years into ministry. They struggled in five years into ministry. The, the kingdom of darkness is smart because he knows that he can cause the greater damage in the kingdom when it's 40 years in, not five years in. He's patient. He's buying his time. You with me? So when, when, when they get here and they get all this notoriety and they fall flat on their face, uh, you know, I, I, I'll, t- I'll give an example, okay, and, and hopefully this is okay. Um, there was a pastor I once worked for. He was in the church, and, uh, and basically there was 8,000 people in the church, and there was, um, you know, they were on satellite, basically worldwide ministry. The day that the pastor got up and said that God told him to divorce his wife and marry another woman, 12, 12 couples Ended their marriage that day. Are you following me? So, so, you know, you go, okay, well, we may not have that kind of ministry. But the bottom line, we all have influence. And if the enemy can get us to fall flat on our face because of a lack of accountability, because we were unwilling to listen to those around us, then guess what? We'd cause great damage to the king and to the kingdom. Amen? And that's why it's so important to have a, a heart for his kingdom and his way so we don't find ourselves there. Amen? Hebrews 13.7 says this. It says, Obey those who rule over you. In other words, those who lead you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give an account. So I understand that, that me and even the Lucia team, team here, we've got to give an account as well. Not only to you, but, but man, it is with, with uh, fear and great trembling, I have to give an account there. Are you following me? And it says, Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. All right, number nine, last one. Number nine. Growth happens in community. This is huge. Growth happens in community. I believe every one of us want to be growing in our walks with God, right? Yes, we want to be growing in our walks with God. It says this in Psalm 92, 13 through 14. It says, those who are planted, somebody say planted. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord, those who are planted in community, shall flourish in the courts of our God. It says, they shall still bear fruit in old age. Isn't that good? In old age, they shall be fresh and flourishing. That's a great verse. 
Bottom line is this, where it says, he who is planted. Um, I might have mentioned this before last week. I don't know. But, you know, my wife over the last few years, when we lived in North Carolina, there were certain times where she got this this desire. And when she gets this thing in her mind, good luck, it, you know, whatever. It's in her mind, and you just better go and support roll. All right? Or it's not going to go well. So she says, okay, I'm going to take, she decided I'm going to take that azalea bush and I'm going to uh, uproot it there and I'm going to take it and I'm going to plant it right in front of the air conditioner because the air conditioner is hideous and I don't want people to see it. She did that to two of them. I want you to know neither one of them ever growed. Both of them just died. So I had basically just an old uh, dead crumbling bush in front of the air conditioner. And then she said one day, because we had, we had uh, I don't know, probably like 12 dogwoods in our yards. Dogwoods are beautiful trees. She decided to uh, uproot one that was kind of growing behind the azaleas and take it and put it in the middle of the yard. She did it to two of them. Neither one of them. They never went anywhere. They both died. You know, they, they died. Okay? And so she had a few vines that worked. But at the end of the day, it's this. It's the spiritual principle that if, that if we as people, if we, start, if we go here, then we go over 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 here, because we're just wanting to get something at the bottom of the line. We're never going to grow because the kingdom principle says that you've got to be planted in the house if you really want to grow. You, you know, it's almost, it's almost trying to take everybody's DNA and slam it into one. It's a freak. Right? You're, you're creating a mutant, you know? And, and so at the end of the day, it's, it's God wants you to be in one house in one place. And listen, if it's not this house, then it's not this house. Just go be planted. That's the key. For your own sake, for your own health, and for your own life, just be planted, okay? And then it says this, and this is the way growth really works, and this is where community gets hard. In Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen, it says this, As iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. How many of you guys know when you slam a piece of iron against another piece of iron, it probably isn't that comfortable? No warm fuzzies, right? So listen, as you and I set on this journey to do community with one another, go ahead and set in your mind, somebody in this room is going to rub you wrong. And before you say that they're not operating in the right spirit, stop and ask, God, what are you trying to teach me through this? That's hard. I will tell you that is hard. Okay, there's been plenty of times where I got in the flesh from the get-go, and then later got with him, you know, got with God, and he goes, hey, um, here's really what I'm doing. Oh, (laughs) Gotcha. Then you got to go and humble yourself to the person. And, you know, good thing you do. You go apologize, whatever. But at the end of the day, those people are ultimately doing this. And here's what really happens to community. If there's an overall point in any of this, here's the one point. That community makes you more like Jesus. That's it. So all of those things are in action at the end of the day to just basically uh, break off the, the flesh parts of us and help us be more like the image of His Son. That's why it's so important that, that we... Um, that we do what the Bible says, that we forget those things that are behind. We press on towards the mark of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. And that's not only the bad stuff, but it's also the good stuff. I've met plenty of people in the kingdom that are 60, 70 years old that did something for God 40 years ago, and they're doing nothing today. You've got to forget those things because what does it say? Even as an old man, you'll still be growing. Right? We never quit. Um, you know, I remember one time Pastor Al told us a story. This is awesome. He, uh, Pastor Al, obviously you saw him. He's a pretty fired up fella, right? So imagine that 40 years ago, just, you know, burning everything up, right? So uh, when he, he, ended up getting, uh, he ended up getting baptized in the Holy Spirit, and at a small group, he ended up getting healed. He had a, a problem with his eye. He was going blind in one of his eyes, and God healed him. 
And so his dad at that time had a palsy where his hand would just shake. And he came in the, uh, the room one day, and his dad was watching TV. I think he was watching football. And, uh, and his hand was just shaking. He said, Dad, I learned this. The Bible says that God will heal you. And his dad was a devout Christian, but, but more of a denomination that didn't believe in healing, didn't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. He goes, can I pray for you? He said, sure. He never even quit watching TV. Pastor prayed for him. God healed his hand. His hand completely quit shaking. He just said, thanks. Kept watching TV, and then, and, then, and then Pastor said, look, Dad, do you want to receive the, for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Do you, do you want it? And he goes, no, I'm, I'm retired. I don't think I need it. So pretty funny, actually, in my mind. But, but, but that's the thing. He, just, you know, he got at an old age, and he got comfortable and didn't realize you're, you're, God's still moving. God, you know, until, until we go six feet deep or the rapture, he's still moving, right? I, I love the, uh, the, verse, the verse in Philippians 1.6. It says, being confident in this, that he who began a good work in me is faithful to complete it. Right? He who began. Well, when does he end? Once again, either we die or Jesus comes back. Amen? Amen. All right. So let me say this and we'll be done. Thanks for hanging in there with me. I just didn't want to break that up in several weeks. So I kind of wanted to get it out there, get over with, and let's move forward. Okay? So um, I just want you to think about something. I was, I was actually talking to Miss Terry and Mr. Lindley the other day. Um, about this, and we, we were talking about the idea of community. Um, there, there's something that community requires. Uh, yes, it's teachability. And, uh, you know, teachability is this, is what I've always told the School of Ministry guys. Teachability is basically not choosing whom you learn from, but being willing to be open and, and, and whoever, you know, if God's speaking through them, learn. So it takes teachability, but it also takes this. And this is, if there's any ingredient in the mix, it's going to take one word. It's called vulnerability. Vulnerability, because if you and I are going to do community with people, it's going to take a part of us to let down the walls. There's not a one of us in this room from past hurts, past experience that doesn't have a wall up. Is that true? Because because bottom line is we just don't want to get hurt again. And we've all been there. I've been there. I, I get it. You know. And so, um, but but if we're going to do life with people, then it's going to take for us to kind of crack that door open and, and watch this. Because here's the real key: and trust Jesus. Just trust Him. That, that the people you surround us with, that, that I can trust them with my heart. Uh, are they probably going to hurt in some way? Yeah, they will. They will. But, but that's when you've got to know the heart and the goodwill and the attentions of the other person and to go, you know what, it's okay. I, I, know, I know their heart, and we can continue to move forward. Because we're all going to get in a spot where people are going to say stuff we're not going to like or they're going to do something we don't like. And, uh, you know, too, too much today we just write people off and move on. And that's not what we need in the kingdom. Amen? Yes? Let me say this last thought here. That's like several times I've said that, right? Is this. Is, um, I've just found, found out that a lot of times when people have a really hard time trusting people, it's because they ultimately have a hard time trusting God. And that's really where it's at. So today if you're here and you go, you know, what, I'm, you know I'm kind of afraid to step in this thing uh, because I don't trust people. Bottom line, you've got to rewind and say, God, do I really trust you? Do I trust you? Do I trust you enough to put me in a place, um, you know, where my heart is, where my heart can be cared for? Amen? Amen? All right, let's stand to our feet real quick. Thanks for hanging in there with me, y'all. I just simply want to, um, i tell you what, here, here's actually what I want to do. Pastor Brian, come here real quick. You founded this thing, Right? We'll put, we'll put him on the, on the hot seat today. I love this guy so much. 
One of my best friends in the whole world right here. I trust him. Um, th- listen, if there's, if there's anybody that, that I trust with this idea of community, it's this guy. And there's others definitely in the room that, I'm, that I feel like we're going there too. Um, in fact, I'll just say this. Friday night we met as a leadership team. And I love the fact that, that the conversation got really awkward and difficult at certain points. And we still pressed through because it was the desire and the need for community. Okay, so here's what I want to do real fast, um, and hopefully you're okay with this, is I just want him basically to pray into this idea of community and just kind of pray over us as a congregation. And uh, Because, you know, in my mind, he does have what we would call apostolic authority in this house. And I want us as a congregation to still honor him. It's very clear I'm the pastor. We all got that, okay? But, but we're still going to honor him for his role uh, that he has here and just and just kingdom and spiritual authority. So um, I just want him to kind of pray over us, and then we'll go over some announcements and we'll get out of here today. So if you're comfortable with uh, lifting your hands, lift your hands. Uh, just close your eyes and just open your heart up wide and say, God, do something in me in this moment. So, Father, we come to you today and very appreciative of the word that has gone forth and the instruction that... We have received, I thank you, Lord, that you've opened the hearts and the minds of each one of us. Lord, as we go into this new season, we embrace this season and all that you have prepared for us. I thank you, Lord, for Pastor Quentin and Jen, their family. I thank you, Lord, that their heart is to establish community, um, to teach and to train and to equip us to walk together in agreement and unity. And so, Father, we purpose within our hearts to receive the instruction that's been released to us today. Father, I thank you for the grace that would rest upon our lives, that we would be able to walk in that instruction. I thank you, Lord, that you give us the the purposed heart, the tenacity to walk out of superficial relationship and into deep relationship that causes us to go deep into ourself, to look past the surface and the faults and the issues and begin to look deep for solution. God, we want to be in right standing with you. We want to be in right standing with one another. We want to, our lives to be in order. And so, Father, we we choose at this moment to stop living superficial lives. To stop hiding from one another. To stop hiding from You. To open ourselves up to be teachable. To learn to trust as we've never learned to trust before. To walk into that uncomfortable spot where the issues that we may even realize that we have, we just haven't been in a place where we wanted to be accountable for them. Give us the grace to want to be accountable for those spots in our life. God, as you bring healing and restoration, you bring strength and power, you bring order. And your glory follows order. And so as we step into that order and your glory falls in our life, 
we begin to impact this region, not just amongst ourselves, but everywhere we go. In every shop, in every business, in every place in our community where we step our, place our feet, that power and that strength that comes from a life that's in order and agreement with one another and with you makes a great impact and people see Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray that we are entering into a, a, a season now where you can equip us beyond shallow, beyond surface, beyond everything is fine, to a deep, flourishing, impactful, powerful place. And in so doing, Lord, you set us free from all of our fears, all of our insecurities, all of our inhibitions. And you cause us to walk in confidence into our community because we know the amazing God that lives on the inside of us. And we've watched Him make amazing changes in us. And we're convinced that, God, you can bring that change to others. Thank you for your faithfulness. And Lord, so we, ag- we agree to get together today that the work that you began this morning and over the last few weeks as we've been studying this community thing, I thank you, Lord, that we're not only hearing, but we're doing. And I thank you, Lord, that you're going to place somebody in our heart today You're going to place somebody in our heart today that we've never interacted with before. And you've been drawing us to that person or persons. And I ask, Lord, for the courage to step out of our comfort zone, to move beyond those that we're familiar with and interact with this body and with those that you bring in a very open, vulnerable but powerful way. Deepen our relationships and our resolve to see your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us grace to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can grab a seat if you want. Amen. Let's keep playing again. <laughs> 